Hey, killer. No cap. <laughs> whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, fuck whoa. nigga, no cap. Get back, little nigga. Smoke thinking that shit rap. Blew a lot of money, but I made shit back. I'm big dog, little bitch. This facts for nigga, no cap. Get back. Man, welcome back, man. It's your boy Chicago King Day, man. Y'all locked into no cap, but capping is allowed, but it will be. Addressed everything <laughs> addressed right here, man. I got Shrill Bush in the building, Chaz, my boy Ball on corner. Got my boy GL Sydney. What's up, Ism? Love and respect. Respect, man. Oh, Pippin over here, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my boy Golden Child, you doing so? Yes, sir. Blessings, blessings. blessings. Yes, sir. Special guy right here. Special guy right here. Indeed. But I want to really kick this off because all this week kind of been in my feelings. Yes, sir. And I've been in my feelings for like some good reasons. I feel like we losing kids, black women. It's like everything black is like it's just dying just quick. Like we don't have no type of respect for life. And, you know, I want to say rest in peace to Melissa Ortega and Derrica and all the other women and, you know, the men as well. But it be touching to me when I go on Instagram or Facebook and I see a beautiful black face coming down my timeline. That's really been bothering me. Like Derrica, 74th and Vincennes, sitting in a car, her niece run upstairs to grab a cake, they hit her to a birthday party. Shot in the face four times, hit in the chest five times. You know? Like, what's going on in the community where nobody's respecting the grandma, the women, nor the children? It's like the guys just jumping out the car, just rapid fire with these switches, and they don't care who they're hitting. Mm -hmm. I know in 1994, if anybody know the history of Chicago, they took down a lot of the organization, the heads and stuff like that. So that's really when a lot of the communities really start crumbling, and they tore down the projects and stuff like that. So we really feel in the effect of that stuff today, because we used to have people that we can call back in the day, like a Jimmy B or something. And, hey, mm. they call over, over there for sure, they them on 59 and put this stuff in check today we don't have that like what's going on with all this like how you feeling about this and how you feel mm. um go ahead oh, okay yes sir brother um like you talked about um removing the leaders right mm -hmm. um our enemy knows the importance of removing the leaders of these organizations right we can talk about removing the leaders of the gangs but i like to go way back before we had things called gangs established in our communities right so we taught that slavery started in 1619, right? Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is that slavery actually started in 1555, right? 1555. And there was a 64-year process, right, where they killed off our grandmothers, they killed off our grandfathers, they castrated the men, and broke down any symbol of strength, right? Mm -hmm. So you got the man, and our primary role in our community is to stand as the protector between our community and our precious values and any potential threat, right? Mm -hmm. So just imagine a baby, right? So you get rid of the wisdom from the elders, right? You get rid of the strength and the protection from the men of masculinity. You get rid of the mothers, the fathers, you know, that, that nurture the children to value certain things in the household, right? Now you got a baby, right, me or you, born into the hands of our open enemy, right? Mm -hmm. So whatever it is that the enemy wants to be put in the mind of that child is what's going to be put in that child's mind, right? Mm -hmm. And if, this, if they were slave masters, a slave master's primary goal is to make a perfect slave, right? Mm -hmm. 
So it's not going to teach him about his history. It's not going to teach him about where he come from. It's not going to tell him that his God look like him. You understand what I'm saying? It's not going to tell him to when I whip your woman, you stand up and defend your woman. You understand what I'm saying? So over, over years and over time, you know, we like to say, man, you know, we lazy. We don't do nothing. We don't rise to the occasion as men. But that's false. Every time that any strong black man or any symbol of strength rose up to stand between the enemy and our community, they did a they were very strategic and successful at destroying the black man, period. Right. Whether it's, you know, from the Larry Hoover's right from the Jeff Ford's from the Fred Hampton, anybody who was able to galvanize the men, galvanize the community, stand on principle, stand on business. Right. And get the community to a point where we say, God damn it, we're not doing that no more. They had to lock them up. They had to come up with petty charges. They had, And if they couldn't lock them up or destroy their image, damn it, we're going to kill you. You understand what I'm saying? So I believe we have to understand what happens is fear is put in us. You killed my leaders, right? You killed Malcolm. You killed King, right? You killed, um, you lock up our leaders, right? So now when I think about rising to the occasion, before I go and move out and stand on business, damn, I might get killed. You hear what I'm saying? Damn, I might lose my life, right? And not to mention the way we was trained to hate each other. I'm coming to defend you, but because we was taught to hate each other, you hate me. So why am I risking my life for a brother that's going to hate on me anyway? You hear what I'm saying? When I think about the solution to the problem, I believe... Women consider them that they the nurturers of the children most time, right? I believe it's something important that they should deposit in their children in these days, right? And it's something important as men that we should deposit in our children, right? You can kill one man, but you can't kill all black people. You hear what I'm saying? It's true. And when you put something in your children that puts it in their mind, whereas, son, you may lose your life. You hear me? One of us may die. You may get locked up. But that don't mean you don't go fight and stand to defend your people. You hear what I'm saying? That don't mean that if your brother get killed right next to you for fighting a righteous cause, that don't mean you pull back and say, no, I'm done. I'm not doing that. You hear what I'm saying? The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, it's not about when I leave putting another leader in place. He said, you all are Farrakhan. You hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And in any organization, if they know, damn, I could kill him, but then I got to deal with his man. And I got to deal with his children. And I got to deal with his wife. And I got to deal with his entire organization. Then it's like, it's hard to kill um, a thought that won't die. You understand what I'm saying? So when I think about the solution to our problems, um, I, I understand they got rid of the man for a reason. They would take a man's hands and his legs, tie one side to, the, to a horse, tie the other side to a horse, beat the horse in opposite directions, and his body would split apart in front of his wife and children. You hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. In front of his wife and children. So that's fear. If my man, my protector can't defend me, I'm not going to buck this authority. You hear what I'm saying? So when we start to understand how primary and pivotal our role is as men, we'll start to raise better men. You hear what I'm saying? Sure, sure. And we'll be willing to fight and die to defend ours. It's one thing to talk about it. I can get on Instagram. We got to protect the black woman. Get off calling our woman bitches and hoes. You hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's one thing to say, man, we got to stand up and fight. But after you put that phone down, you're not outside. You hear me? Right. You're not outside in real life. You hear what I'm saying? Right, right, exactly. So we really have to create a culture, whereas we really standing on what it is that we're talking about. 
And knowing that I can die ain't going to stop me from doing what I got to do. That's my answer. That's a that question. Now, so uh, I love the fact that you went back as far as slavery. Um, I want to go a little more recent. I want to talk about the Homestead Act. Mm. I want to talk about uh, the Army, uh, was it the GI, the VA loans, mm -hmm. when the soldiers came mm -hmm. home? 99% of them loans went to white soldiers. Like 1% went to black soldiers that went and fought the same wars. Mm -hmm. Then you think about 1971 when Nixon launched this thing called the War on Drugs. Mm -hmm. The War on Drugs was not really a war on the substance. It was a war on us. It was mm -hmm. a war on our people. Yes, sir. You started the War on Drugs in 71. Four years later, you send all the industrial jobs to China and to Mexico. A lot of brothers and sisters that came up here from 1955 during the second grade migration, mm. they had a little literate, a little literacy going on right. because they were sharecroppers. They had to drop out of school in like second and third grade to work on the farm with their family. Mm -hmm. So they come up here, they work in these industrial jobs. I went to Simeon. Yes, so sir. going to Simeon, I used to pass two steel mills on the way going to school in the 90s. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. They not there no more. All them jobs was That's gone, it. taken up out the hood. And then after that, you got Ronald Reagan coming in with his war on drugs, with mandatory sentencing, which gave brothers a hundred times to one if you got caught with hard as opposed to getting caught with soft. Mm. This was the same thing. You know, you just add a little... Something that I would like know about. Something else, so <laughs> you had a little, yeah, man absolutely. Love, the rich man love. Same thing. The same thing. Only thing is, yeah, see, they put it in our community to kill us, yeah. but we was geniuses. We figured out how to stretch it and make more money yeah. than they was exactly. making from it. And we didn't have the, uh, the wherewithal to be understanding, like, man, we really killing our people. Correct. It was that how I grew up on 87. My rights of passage as a man was when I killed my first mouse or rat in my household. That's when my brothers looked at me like, oh man, he a real man. He a man. Get that cockroach. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was normalized. You know what I'm saying? This was like normal behavior for us, but that's abnormal. You know what I'm saying? By the time I was 18, we lost 16 other guys from my neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? But that was normal to us. It wasn't until I moved out of Chicago when I went down to Mississippi. And people was talking about my city like it was crazy, but I'm thinking like, this is how it go. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have that understanding at the time. But fortunate enough, I was able to evolve. I was able to actually grow and develop as a man and begin to see things through knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And with that being said, um, man, I was able to transfer that energy, that anger, that hatred that you spoke of mm -hmm. that was instilled in us through genocide to the point where I had homies that graduated from Mahalia Jackson with me on 88th and Vincennes. Mm -hmm. They had to drop out of school their first day of school because they had to go to Calumet. Mm -hmm. Calumet was a different organization. It was a different neighborhood. Nickname the school for the home. You know what I'm saying? So I got, I got homies that went to high school one time. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They never went back mm -hmm. just due to that because of fear of their lives. Mm -hmm. Because we had been subject to genocide. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We actually believed somebody had was broke off in a different direction. They was our opposition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then when you go before that judge, all that colors and hats to the left and right don't mean nothing. The only thing that meant something was the color of your skin. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they separated us. It's divide and conquer. Yeah. But fortunate enough, you know, it's brothers like yourself, brothers like yourself, brothers like yourself, where brothers are beginning to 
operate on a higher vibration, you know? Because, like, when you look at the youth, they be like, man, these shawties, they fucked up and this and that. And they try to point to them as being a problem. But really, they are the product of the problem. Mm -hmm. The problem is social, economic, political, and educational. And with that being said, we are politically immature. We don't really know about politics. I was looking at a lot of brothers and sisters. They were celebrating. They was dancing for the people that's in office right now. I seen them dancing with pearls on and this and that. And this dude locked up more black men than anybody in the history of anybody's in the 90s due to the crime bill. This woman locked up more black men than anybody in the history of the state of California for minor marijuana possession. How do these two people who was going against each other saying that you racist and you racist, they come together and they the dream team for us? Mm-hmm. How did that occur? Mm-hmm. Because you put a black face anywhere yeah. with people that's not doing any research yeah. or don't know history. Yeah. Oh, it's a black face. Vote for Obama. It's a black face. Vote for this person. Yeah, but, that, black. but that same black face, she said... I am not about to say that I'm going to do anything directly or specifically just for black people. She said that before she got in office. But when she got in office, she did things directly for her mama's people. The Asian hate bill was passed. Her mama's from India. That's in Asia. We still fighting to get a lynching law passed. You know what I'm saying? So we've been bamboozled. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say something like, well, the situation that you bring up, right, that, that you both brought up, it made me realize, I've been new, but it made me realize that the problem is so deeply rooted yes, sir. in real life, but our culture is unknowledgeable to, the, to this information, right? Mm-hmm. So even the people that it's knowledgeable, which is not the masses, and they talk like this, in our culture, it gets called an excuse mm-hmm. instead of us equipping ourselves with this knowledge, right? And realizing that the question he first asked, it really is deeply rooted. Mm -hmm. But our culture really, as the masses, won't accept that this today's problem come from 1555. Mm -hmm. Like, reality come from Homestead, 1971. Everything is, from people I be around is, Oh, that's an excuse. Get up and do stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, bro, yes, this really is deeply yeah. rooted from, like, yeah. we really got some healing and a lot. But the thing about it is, like, it's not popular to be smart. Mm-hmm. Right. That's you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 the more that we make, like, it's okay to be successful, cool, doing other things outside of basketball, rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, outside of, like, education. You know what I'm saying? Like, like even, even if you say a word, that's intelligent. You know what I'm saying? You like, are you trying to change, trying to be smart? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, <laughs> I am smart. That's the goal of life, to be educated mm-hmm. and to keep elevated. But you know this has people like, into our culture, bro. It's like, this shit's so deep, right? Yeah. That the people that do stand, he mentioned it. The, the, the few leaders we do have, like right now, I went on his page and I saw that he um, did, I don't know how close, but he did with RZA. I followed RZA, Muslim brother. He for the culture. All he do is talk that talk, that knowledge. You feel me? But he talked so deep that social media blocks him all the time since I've been following him. And that still don't alert our people. Like, why do they keep blocking him? What he's saying has to be something truthful. Something You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. At what point can we 
try to get the masses to understand how I'm for Like, I feel like RZA is part of the, the nation we with is the only reason. Because somebody like us who's rocking our rock, we really not protected because our people scared. They already instilled the fear that was like he spoke on, so it's kind of yeah, like but the, but the thing is, though, and, you know, to focus back on what you were saying and what you were saying, it's all about what's trendy, Okay. So, with the voting, no one did their research and tried to figure out what's really going on. Everyone went with what was trendy. If you did your research, Biden straight said on TV, the woman asked him, do you feel bad about the bill, uh, about the bill that locked up all of the men, took the men out of the households? He looked her in her face and said, ha <laughs> ha. You do know I wrote it, right? Yeah. So it's basically saying, no, I don't feel bad, and it is what it is. So no one did their research to really know what was going on. What they did was follow a trend. You have all of the celebrities that are posting, go Biden, vote for Biden. So guess what? That's what the black community did. So the thing about it is if we had more people that would focus on that, like, okay, who's popular right now, like Lil Durk and uh, I guess they like uh, NBA, NBA Young Boy, all of them people that's making the little money things, yeah. you know, they're putting the little dollar bills mm -hmm. all on the ground that. and people are following yeah. that, right? So if those people finally say, okay, I have that influence, so let me put some knowledge out here, let me have these people, let me focus on these guys that's talking about this so that the people that's following me can focus on it, but none of them want to do that because they're what? Scared. Mm -hmm. Why? What are they afraid of? It's, okay, you have the basketball players, I forget which one it was, um, they spoke out about COVID. The minute they speak out it's about it, hurt. they got in trouble. He wasn't you get whooped. Okay, I ain't gonna say, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, I ain't gonna speak on it because, da, da, da. you know, they get scared. Mm -hmm. Just like what um, Jay Z and Beyonce, when they was uh, doing the, what's the Star Spangled Banner, the Pledge of Allegiance, whatever it is that they did, you know, you're supposed to, you know, they want you to stand up. Yeah. I don't stand up. They didn't stand up. So when they didn't stand up, it was a big thing. Everybody was talking like, oh, wow, okay, they didn't stand up, blah, blah. blah. But the minute they got in trouble about when people started saying, oh, you didn't stand up, now Jay-Z and Beyonce like, oh, we didn't know they were doing it. You we didn't, control we people, didn't right? know. So that's my thing. Like, if we had more of our leaders, uh, well, not leaders, but more of the, like, popular, influencing people, put, put people on a pedestal that needs to be up there, we could get more knowledge. I would, um, if you don't mind me, thank you, sister. Thank you. Um, uh, <laughs> A lot of what you said is very true. Um, I feel like we got to go to the root because if we keep on focusing on the branch, we won't focus on, you know, what's causing the branch to grow yeah, like that, creating the, the branch. Yeah. We got to go to the root. Dig it. Yeah. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, if your enemy won't treat you right, why would he teach you right? You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. if, he, if, if he killing you, tearing you apart with horses, Putting poison in your food, you hear me? Murdering your women, raping your women. If this is how he's treating you, why would he teach you how to be an upstanding man? Why would he equip you with what you need to defeat him? You hear what I'm saying? Most of our people are in our enemy's educational system, right? Am I lying? Most of our children who are watching this podcast, and I don't know if you all have children here, I'm sure you do, public school, right? And when they read through their history books, the white man looked like God. You hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When they go through their history books, 
you damn near gotta scroll to the back of the book if you find something to find something to boost your self-esteem about who you are. It's his story. It's his story, right? <laughs> so if most of our children and most of our people go through our enemy's curriculum and educational system, when they graduate and when they finally get out of, in the end, do you think they're going to be equipped to combat the system that the enemy set up? Of course not. The answer is no, right? Of course not. I was talking to a brother named Cartier. Um, he's a police officer out in Harvey. He's an FOI as well. But there was a, um, a white security guard. One, a brother was acting up. He was out of line. But Brother Cartier, the way we train, I, t I put it like this, the FOI, we are taught to be obedient, militant, humble, tolerant, courteous, honest, independent. Is that an acronym, FOI? Fruit of Islam, right? Fruit being the best part of the tree, right? You plant the, 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 the apple tree and you're not waiting for the bark to come out, you're waiting for that apple. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, the fruit is the best, right? And that's what we train to be. So in any field, we strive to be the best. We taught to strive not to let no one excel you in anything, right? So there's a white security guard that comes up and smacks the brother in the back of his head while my brother Cartier is holding him to the car. My brother had to summon everything in him not to smack the hell out of the white security guard, right? Because regardless of the fact that my brother is out of pocket, it's yeah. something that's put in us. Yeah. We love our people. And the only reason he is this way is because he was raised under your tutelage. You hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when you go back to the educational system, a lot of, I worked in Chicago public schools, right? And I thought I knew about my community until I actually worked in Chicago public school for three years. And you can talk about the community as much as you want to, but until you spend time in, this, in them schools, you don't really understand how we get to where we are today, right? I'm looking at little babies, man, children coming into school with the same clothes for a week. You hear what I'm saying? For a week, right? I'm looking at children at the lunch table. You want your food? You want your food? You want your food? You want your food? Because he's not going back home to nothing. We walk to the porch to see how he living. The grandmama don't want him. Yeah. You hear what I'm saying? I'm in the hallway, I'm talking to most of the young black boys, and I'm like, man, you know, uh, how's your relationship with your father? I don't know my dad. How's your relationship with your dad? My dad is dead. How's your relationship? I mean, uh, you, when the last time you been with your father? I don't know my dad. My dad is dead. I don't know my dad. My dad is dead. Right? And if the dad is not locked up or dead, he working all day. Right? And he not around. The way that this system is set up, the man is removed in every right. environment, right? Yeah. God damn it, you can't get government benefits if a man is in the household, yeah. right? Talking to the women. Mm -hmm. If they understand the importance of the man, we got to start to understand the importance of ourselves in the community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when these young black boys don't get the opportunity to talk to me or talk to you or talk to GL or talk to solid black men, that's going to tell them, no, sir, little homie, that's out of pocket, right? Yeah. That ain't right. And then after talking to him, you can talk to me all day. But if you leave me back in this environment, you know, we taught that um, sometimes it's quantity over quality. I can talk to you about something as real as I, as real as I want to, right, for an hour. But if I leave you for 23 hours in the trenches with no guidance, nine times out of ten, you're going to fall victim to what the trenches got to provide for you, right? And I can talk to you all day. But when do black men come together and say, you're a product of your environment. Let me remove you from this, right? Let me show you something else. Let me put something in you, right? Let me, let me instill some morals, some principles, some values in you, right? 
Our city looked the way it looked, and a lot of our cities looked the way it looked, because the men have been removed, and structure needs to be re-implemented, period. Re-implemented. And we also need to focus on establishing and building institutions. You can talk about as much as you want to, what you need to do on this man's land, what we got to do. We need to make change. But if you don't own the land under your feet, you'll build it and they'll destroy it the second you're done building it. You know what I'm saying? You'll build it and they'll destroy it. Hey Amen. We need to get some government grants. We need to all of this begging this system to give us what they don't want to give us. You hear what I'm saying? We need to adopt, in my opinion, a revolutionary mindset. Right. And you're not really in control if you don't own. You hear what I'm saying? You don't own the land. You don't own the schools. You don't own the hospitals. The people in office are not your people. Right. You got the money. But you spending it on garbage, right? It's money that runs politics if we're going to be 100% honest, right? No question about it. So when I think about that, man, I get passionate because I'm looking at these babies, right? And I'm working in the school, man. And I'm knowing what I'm knowing. But I don't necessarily by myself have the power without unity to really change what I'm seeing every day. It's just a young brother. He frustrated. He having a bad day in class. They kick him out. Not go get your act together. They putting them on medicine. You hear what I'm saying? He come back to the classroom. He like a zombie. You hear what I'm saying? All he needed was to be snatched up and told to tighten up. And they would tell me to send them to the office. They would send them to me and I'd just talk to them, send them back to the class. Because I'd be damned, right? If you out here putting our babies on riddling, I'm doing all that I can. But when I say adopt this revolutionary mindset, man. Sometimes we get comfortable, we worry about being cool, man, and having money, man, and being next to dude, you feel me, who the enemy done gave a little crumbs to, right? Mm-hmm. Gave him a few money, yeah, I'm associated yeah. with so-and-so. And I wrote him one of my songs, because I'm looking, listening to the music that the little children are listening to, and I ain't mad at them, we rhythmic people, right? Yeah. And a lot of times the artists talking about what they really going through. But damn, I'm a grown man, you a grown man. And it's grown men next to a lot of these artists, right? Grown men next to a lot of these artists. But before I say something to him, man, damn, he might drop me off his team. I might not be able to get a little bit of bread from him. He might not think I'm cool. And you more so worried about your financial acquisition of what money you could get from him as opposed to telling him tighten up. You know what I'm saying? We got to do better. So a lot of our, in my mind, it's like, we got to stop with the weak stuff as men. And I'm trying not to curse because I get passionate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we just, we, we, we've been made weak and we still being weak, but we got a responsibility, yeah, right? Yeah, we're we, pro- we, yeah. we, we, we programmed, bro. But yeah. here's the problem with being programmed. A lot of our people, again, I speak on the masses because the masses is mm-hmm. what move thing. The masses, first and foremost, don't believe in programming, number one. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Programming is so simple, mm-hmm. and our people are so programmed. So how do we unpro? Because here's the thing: we are programmed to beg the enemy mm-hmm. to cook for us yes, instead sir. of us building our own restaurants. And I can go as far as back to what I remember with the Martin Luther Kings. He wasn't the Malcolm X. They begging the white man to accept them instead of starting their own. They're saying, "No, we want equality." So that's passed on still to now. We're mm. still begging for acceptance, bro. Yeah. We fighting we fighting amongst each other 
running about voting for two 80-year-old white racist men that we know they racist. They're 80 years old. Come on, we know they racist. That's right. And we are literally programmed mm -hmm. to fight amongst each other because they give us smoke and mirrors vote. Nobody said and thought, like, hold on. We have to go fucking vote for fairness. So we're about to go vote. So we pick him. He can legally say, y'all shouldn't vote for me. I had the right to do this. Ain't nobody thinking how deep and dumb that is. We got to go run and vote for two white 80-year-old men. And then when one run, first and foremost, we're voting. They're telling us to vote. So they're telling us millions of people, they about to run the country how we want the country ran. How in the fuck are our votes about to matter on how running the country when we don't know shit about nothing who we voting for? We don't know the laws. The people in power don't know no laws. That shit take 10, 12 years, man. You can't just go say, oh, go do some research. Go read about somebody. Do you know how long? Them people don't know this shit, man. You think we gonna learn it? <laughs> right. So I got I, like, like, so, so with, 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 with that, I'm gonna touch on it because we got something going on today in office about the vote, about the mm -hmm. black vote. I know y'all aware. Well, I'm not. Um, they, well, it's supposed to be out there that they're trying to uh, take away more and more black rights to vote. You know, Mitch um, McConnell got up there and said something was about black Americans. And, and, and regular Americans. Oh, like doing more voting than it was like black people are voting more than regular Americans. Right. He, right. He tried to put a line of separation. I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but he tried to put a line of separation between black Americans and regular Americans, which is quote unquote white Americans, right? But what do what do y'all feel about? You know what I'm saying? Like because and and I want y'all to answer that, but our our right to vote is important because now you look at the abortion, what, what they probably do in Texas now. Mm -hmm. they're, they're systematically trying to take away the women's right to abortion. So even though, like, so if we totally remove ourselves from the system, you know what I'm saying, is it a, is it a consequence for that action? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, don't think, I don't think the shit matters, bro, because how we voting for something that we literally don't know. Like, they give you the list, bro. You are voting for 1,000 people. 1,000 people, bro. Right, but... but 1,000. But, right, but how do you research 1,000 people? Right, right, but here's the thing. So if, so if black people remove ourselves from the voting system in total, right? So they just... Consistently run through well they want Supreme Court. They and then do that. Let's no hold on, hold on, let's not 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 totally though. Yes, they do, no, bro. Not totally though. Listen. Like they've been trying to fight take the, the, the woman right to for abortion a long time. Now that they finally got the swing, the balance of power to the to the right, you see what I'm saying? Now they're pushing through everything radical that they want. You see what I'm saying? So if black people, we step away from the right to vote, now boom, like, okay, it come, it come abortion. It come, it come all these other things that they wanted to pass throughout the year. You know what I'm saying? Let me explain to you how voting go in lame terms. Simple. A lot of people understand. This is how simple voting is, bro. You run a block, right? Right. This your block. This their country. This your block, bro. Right? The gang, whatever. Literally, I don't give a fuck what's going on with I run my block how I want to run my block. So guess what happens? The people get fed up just a little bit, but they still scared, right? They making noise, right? 
Oh, we don't got no hot water, we don't got no cold water, we don't got no food. The man in power simply says, you know what, they're getting on my fucking nerves, they're making too much noise. Get them a little bit of cold water. So now you don't have no hot water, but the situation you were in, they gave you drips of cold water now. So guess what? Because you was, you was starting the game on minimum fighting back, right? When you, when you start the game on minimum and you're you about to fight back, they see that. And you know what they give you? They give you a crumb, make you back relax. Because guess what? We didn't have no water. So they, now they gave us a little bit of cold water. Fuck the hot water. We didn't have no water. Guess what? All the people that was so fed up, because any human, when you get to a certain point, you're going back against the wall. You got to push back, right? So every time corporate America get us melanated people backs to the wall, to where we finally about to come together, every time, you know what they do? They give us something. They give us something that don't mean shit in reality, but it means something, right? And you know what we do? We sit down. That's what they did with Obama. We was getting strong. They said, hold on. 10-4, send Obama in, right? Send Obama in. You call, you, all you're doing in power is controlling chaos, bro. It's people in other countries overthrowing the fucking government. You know why? Because the government can't really control 30 fucking 40 million people, let alone 100 million people. You feel me? They make us control ourselves. So you know what they throw us? They throw us voting, bro. Voting is smoking fucking mirrors. They give you a list of 1,000 people, and then they put whoever they want to put in, but guess who they blaming on? We blame on each other because they say, oh, you put this judge in, and he, uh, give, he gave all the black people jail time. Bro, it's been 100 judges giving... All the black people jail time. So why the fuck do we got to vote for a judge to not give people jail time if it's not fucking legal? It don't make any sense, bro. So at the end of the day, voting is smoking mirrors and it's to control chaos, bro, because people fight back. When we fight back, they cook us, bro, every time because you know what they do? They tie your ass that horse to a point when somebody finally get on that pedestal, they already signed the contract, bro. So guess what? You think you about to talk about some shit you ain't going to be talking about. You signed that contract. They have to, we can't be mad at them. They signed that contract, bro. So guess what? You about to talk. Guess what? You about to get put on that horse. Both ends of your body in front of all your fucking people that's watching. And we about to rip you apart. They just doing it in a different way, bro. They still cooking us. They still cooking our leaders. They still cooking shit when you stand up. Only way is if the people that's, when one get pulled apart, as he said, three more say, shit, pull us apart. Then a hundred more say, pull us apart. The reality, in my eyes, is not going to happen, but I also feel like it can happen. And it's the only hope on getting to that fucking deeply rooted problem that they first mentioned. From 1555 to 1971, all that shit is here. And they give us a bone and we be good with it, bro. Every time, bro. I feel like there's a way for us to, because I feel like 
if we continue to talk about, which is important for us to talk about, because we got to get the history on what the hell happened to us, right? Yeah. But the more we, I feel like if we continue to only talk about what happened to us and how they continue to destroy us, this can become a gloomy conversation, can yeah, it, right? right. Mm-hmm. Like, God damn, what are we supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. We got good times, though. People ain't talking about exactly. Black Wall exactly. Street was Black yeah, Wall I'm going Street. there. I'm going there. Let's do it. Black Wall Street. We ain't even got to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. We get on the low end. Mm-hmm. This is the black belt. Mm-hmm. This was one of the most lucrative you know eras in the whole United States. I never even knew Right here on the low end. People don't even know about Oklahoma. Yeah. 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 I never even knew that. Tulsa was a beautiful thing. That's not in the book. Tulsa was a beautiful thing. Black Wall Street, but we had it right here in Chicago. I never ever knew that in my time. You in the land of the black belt right now. That's crazy, Did you know that 63rd and Halstead was the second most lucrative shopping district in the whole Illinois? Outside of the Gold Coast, oh, they tore it down. There was a lot of black businesses up right there on 63rd and Houses. Right, they they tore it down and they put you a school right there. Yeah. They keep a school they keep already on Wentworth, though. We ain't need that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? They don't teach us that. They don't let us watch slave movies. Yeah, and then another thing, program. like what you said with Dr. King was early on, he was misguided. He was misled. What got him killed is he woke up. That's what that man said, we're going to D.C. to get our check. Yeah. Because he knew, he said the black up. man is in exile in his own land. This was our land. He knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. Malcolm said we ain't land on Plymouth Rock, it landed on us. The largest base for any pyramid in the whole entire world is not in Africa. It's in Illinois. It's right outside of East St. Louis. It's called the Cahokia Mounds. Your ancestors built it. This is our land. We got sent off. You know what I'm saying? Dr. King... Early on, he was just trying to figure it out. And like civil rights for black people, we looked at it as a victory, but what it did was, prior to civil rights, it took a year for a dollar to leave the black community. That money just stayed in rotation because we had no choice but to shop with black people. Out of civil rights, due to the fact that we were told that we was less of a man and this and that, we ran to give our oppressor our money. And we began to help dilapidate our community. Then they came with redlining. Chicago so bogus because of redlining, that is when the FHA the and the banking system wouldn't allow for black people to get loans to buy houses. Mm-hmm. A right. lot of people was coming from the South thinking they was owning houses, but really they were signing leasing this contracts. In the 60s, right? This was in the 50s, 50s and yeah. the 60s. 50s, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We got misled. And redlining was just to keep communities dilapidated so that the property value wouldn't go up. Now, school taxes, I mean, taxes. Uh, in housing taxes is what funds schools. If you can keep the properties dilapidated and impoverished, the schools ain't going to be shit. Exactly. Because ain't no tax money coming through that. You know what I'm saying? And redlining is something that swept the whole nation. But they had designated areas within these cities that the property value wasn't ever going to go up. Exactly. It was going to flood it with drugs and chaos. And Chicago, Superbug, is because when you ride the L, from downtown to 95th, what's the name of that, that train you're riding on? Red line. The red line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got sent they off. Right but, but I love what you were saying too about unity. See, yeah. what, what I really respect about what you was doing, and this is something that uh, we have to learn to grasp as a people, we gotta learn how to be in the system 
but not of the system. Right. You was right. in the system because yes, the kids needed you in that system, mm -hmm. but you wasn't of the system. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did at Chicago State with mm -hmm. my brother. You knew my brother. Yes, sir. Bob Quasi. Yes, sir. So at Chicago State, we made history because I know that we were talking about how gloomy this conversation has been, and we need to, you know, brighten it up a yes, bit. Sir. So right. what we did was at Chicago State in six years, we took the black male graduation percentage from 7% to 25% and had the highest black male student retention rate in the history of the state of Illinois. We did that right on 95th and King Drive. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was seven out of 100 was a black man at graduation to one out of every four. You know what I'm saying? Not only did we do that with our brother David at the A. Philip Randolph Portman Porters Museum on 104th in Maryland, and, um, Poor man. This was an institution that was founded by a black woman, his mother, Dr. Lynn Hughes, in 95. She went on a tour through Pullman. So it was this dude named George Pullman who was the head of like the porters, like the sleeping car porters. They had like a black man who rode on the railways and they served people. They made money from doing that. Most of them lived down here on the low end. This was like the black belt. So with that being said, she went on this tour and they didn't mention nothing about black people in this neighborhood. And she was like, wait a minute. She did her research. She found out about Asa Philip Randolph, who organized the first march on Washington in 1941. This before King did it in 1963. Yes. And, and when he did it in 1963, he was invited as the guest speaker by Asa Philip Randolph. This was the black man that started the first labor union for black people. It was the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters established in 1941 by a brother. And most of the brothers that were porters, as I said, they lived right here. You know, the lottery was started in this neighborhood, Correct. too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is this was the black belt. This is where all the money came from. Sam Young, Eddie Jones, and the Jones yeah. brothers. These were brothers from the South who came up here. They knew how to do that number, yeah, number standard. Italians ran them out of town. Italians ran them out of town, and then the government ran the Italians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we always had uh, lucrative ideas and prosperity. It's just the moment in which we uh, began to excel at these things. They found distractions, and they found a way to get us to be uh, more embracive of symbolism over substance. Yeah. Like I seen recently, and rest in peace to Maya Angelou. I think she was a phenomenal doctor, a phenomenal poet, and I'm very happy that they put her on the quarter. But well, where the fuck is our reparations? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's the gift. That they gave it to us the last couple years. What they give us? P -P the reparations. And all we did was ran through the 20K, the 40K, the unemployment. We just ran through it. And that was our reparations on the low. We got more than two. No, it was not our reparations. Because we I gotta say about what Brother GLC was saying, I just sat here and felt like I was in history class for a second, right? Hey, now, now look, in my heart pumping, I'm history class. Right? My heart pumping. I'm excited. My esteem is going through the roof because he's teaching me about what yeah, my people did. That's, right? that's just in what? 
Two, three men. Yeah, right. exactly. Now imagine our yeah. children going to school every day learning yeah. about what we contributed not only to America, mm -hmm. but to planet Earth mm -hmm. and the universe. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it go, it's go back to education, man. You go there through you that go. system, they're not going to teach you how to vote them out of power. You hear what I'm saying? True. And then the vote now... Mm -hmm. It's processes and it's stages to separation now. Because the end goal, I'm saying the end goal for us should be separation, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to live under my enemy's control, right, and rule. I don't. But we're not just going to get up right now, pack our bags, and get the hell up out of here. We're not doing so that. who the enemy? The enemy? We can be enemies to ourselves. We do be. Absolutely. Because it's confusing where people will be like the enemy. Because this... Just a variety of enemies now. So, to me, it don't be like the white man. When I look at him, damn, and me too. Because that's yeah. kind of like you said, like this is how we've been bred, this is how we've been raised. From the white man. So, so kin folk ain't kin folk. That's right. Who really are we fighting? It's like we fighting ourselves, we fighting them. And it's kind of tiring. It we thought it's a war on yeah. two fronts. Mr. Yeah, Israel and the minister said it's a war on two fronts. And it's hard how to can fight we, the enemy when you're fighting. How can we home. get this better? So, when you got people like, I'm going to switch the subject, but I'm going to still keep it there. Mm -hmm. So when you got people older, like Mike 100, right? You got somebody like Bobby Smurl, right? Mm -hmm. He took time for his homie, the gang, everything that was going on took his time. Then he get out of jail. And normally, as an artist, we say, you can't be in the streets. Let's make some happy moves, make something different, right? Yeah, yeah. Bobby dancing. He popping all on the floor. I don't find nothing wrong with it. <laughs> The man could have just spent 40 years, yeah. the rest of his life in prison. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Then you get somebody like Wack 100, that's calling him zesty. That's saying him and Gilly, yeah, they said, gang. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, no, he said it don't look good that's for like, the streets. Black people, we just tear each other down. So yeah. what, Bobby supposed to get out? Commit murder again, then everybody say he the dumbest black man ever. Mm -hmm. If he get out being super tough, yeah. now he get out, he say, you know what? I'm finna cross over like a pig bull now. Yeah. I'm gonna make dancing songs popping. To me, I thought it was cool. I'm like, yeah. and he he not like black, he not African American. He like what? Haitian or something. Haitian or something. Yeah. So that's part of the culture. That's how he came into the game. It's like do do brothers and sisters got amnesia because yeah, he was standing on the right table right dancing. He had shorts on. I yeah. think that's what's different. I he had shorts. shorts. I didn't say that. I didn't shorts. Yeah, right. But he been dancing. He been dancing. He made hot nigga. That was a yeah. dance that came with it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like that's how he came into the game. Right. If you know, if, if people know anything about black people, we've been dancing since. Definitely. Absolutely. We are rhythm. You can't even say the word R. That's like, you could say RB without saying R. Kelly. You know what I'm saying? But black people, we are rhythm. That's what we do. The most accredited guys that I knew in the streets from where I came from, some people may say they was like, what they were called drillers and this and all them niggas could footwork. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah, footwork. They had that. You know what I'm saying? They could dance. I That's kind of, that's real. What you continue to make me think about is leaders, bro. Yeah. Leaders. What type of leaders we got around us, right? Yeah. You got a young artist, right? You got to pump some men to them, give them wisdom, give them game, right? But what happens is, is this, we talk, they're going to give you the money, but you can't be smart. Right. And if, you got, if you're smart, they're not giving you the money. Yeah, you hear what I'm saying? Sure. It's one or the other, right? I feel like, man, I can shake hands with you and know you're standing ten toes. I can mm -hmm. shake hands with GLC and know he on principle. 
my brothers in the corner, right? We shake hands and we make our mind up as men, right? The protectors in the community, certain stuff we're not doing no more, right? You can't go into certain communities, right? White community, communities. You see how you see certain black pe people in certain videos, right? And the white dude come out the house. Nigga, what are you doing here, right? Yeah. What are you doing here, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Now, we may say that's racist, that's wrong, right? But in a sense, we got to be the same way about our communities, Security. right? What is this coming in and out of my community? Yeah, right. What's coming in and what's going out? You hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's a certain level of, they get angry, right? right? Because some of them are racist, but at the same token, my women are in this community, right? Yeah. My children are in this community, right? Grandma in this community, the baby's in this community, right? So it's not only about you setting your physical foot, what type of information am I allowing into the community? What type of music am I allowing to be created in this community? What type of institutions am I cre creating in this community? And if it goes against the future I want for my community, it got to go. You hear what I'm saying? It has to go. But the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said fear restricts movement, right? So much fear in your heart stop you from saying no, sir. Damn, they might kill me. They might call me a square. This may, I don't give a damn what you think. I don't want it here. It got to go. Mm -hmm. You hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you can think about the gov. You got police, right? They govern community. You got gangs. They govern, commu govern communities. You got mafias. They even govern communities. Mm -hmm. And the sole purpose of a man and a protector in this community is to ensure that the community has a bright future, right? And make sure that him and his is good. My solution to the problem, I would say, and this is not the overall solution, but we got to stop being scared to say, little homie, you can't do that no more, right? Mm -hmm. You can't do it no more. Man, I don't give, it was, a, it was a young boy in the school, right? And he was acting up in the lunchroom. And I'm like, you're going to have to stand in the hallway if you're going to keep on acting like that, right? And he was, a, he was a little young menace, but I love my brothers. You know how they get sometimes, right? A lot of times they're very emotional, no real male figure, right? Mm -hmm. See mom snap off, they snapping off, right? That's how it go most times. Mm -hmm. So he in the lunchroom acting up. The other security guards are just like, man, that's just how he get. That's how he be sometimes. Instant weakness, because you another man saying that's how he get sometimes. You're not checking that, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm thinking in my mind. That's how he get sometimes. You just got to let him do that until he calms down. All that type of little weak stuff going on. Now, I'm not going to say I'm going to force him. But if you in this environment and you creating a nuisance and I can no longer control the lunchroom, you got to step out for a second. Now, this is what happened. So we step out in the lunchroom, I close the door and I say, get it together, you know, we can talk when you calm down. Now as he um in the hallway, I come back and check, and fuck you, I ain't trying to hear none of that shit. And he getting all in my family. And I'm like, you not like that. That's what I'm telling him. You not really like that, right? I'm telling him he not like that. Now the other teachers is like, nah, I don't want no problem. I said, I'll get back to you when you're ready, right? I come back into the lunchroom. And then I come out, I say, you gonna be all right? He like, and then I told him I loved him. I love you, brother. You hear me? I love you, man. I said, you can get as much. I love you, right? That's what I told him. And he, right? And then he calming down. He going down. And now I can have a conversation with him, right? I can have that one-on-one. -on -one. But the fear of what may happen to me, from the outside looking in, I'm going to leave that alone because he may steal off me. After school, he may bring his gun. He yeah. may shoot me. Mm -hmm. You hear what I'm saying? He may get his guys to jump me. And fear is false false evidence appearing real, right? So you thought that's what he would have done, but if you know how to deal with the young brother and give him the love, he's not getting that home, maybe you may get another reaction, right? Mm -hmm. But he wouldn't experience that if a man wasn't present. You hear what I'm saying? 
either in the school or after school. I am imploring us as black men in our community to assume our responsibility and stop making excuses and being weak. That's where I stand with it. And stand on principle, be the after school, in school, be around, because what you know, what you know, what you know, they need. And they not getting it. It's going to either come from the music, a music video, their mama snapping off, popping off. But you will be surprised what a young black man could be if he had a role model like us in his life. You hear what I'm saying? That's how I feel about reforming our communities. I agree. So here's the thing, right? We have to work on getting the message that, that mm-hmm. you just put out. We have to work on getting that message to the masses because the messages that lead our masses mm-hmm. is WAC 100 message. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the platform he on, right. the masses hear that message. The masses are not hearing the platform he on, the masses is hearing, uh, uh Bobby Schmurter. Why you having fun dancing, being positive? That ain't mm-hmm. gangster. Mm-hmm. You losing street credibility. Now, this is whack 100. It's supposed to be some OG gang nigga or some shit, right? But you 50-some putting out, telling the people, oh, y'all watching Bobby Schmurter. He was that nigga when he was locked up. But now is he out making money, dancing, having fun. He's free. He's free. He, he, losing, he losing his street credibility. And... The mass is like, yeah, why he dancing? That's gay. And- well, 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 the thing is, he can't lose street credibility because he took more time for his guys. He could have been out. This is, but this, that's my point. Yeah. But the mass is not hearing because we don't have no one to break down how whack, whack 100 sounded because yeah. he has the platform to talk the shit really goofy. Mm-hmm. You, you, you critique a man that did a seven ball, like the real streets know that that's rare, bro. He took extra time for his homie to take less time. Absolutely. And you but didn't say nothing about that. You talking about him dancing. But 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 it's a whole nine thing, right? Like even that what y'all just said, like the the concept of we get credibility as men because we did jail time. Right, right. You see, see you right, don't know what you right. did because you can't even get whack one hundred no credibility. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying as a leader? Because what I feel like is this. I feel like we as a black community, we quit to tell our own leaders. And if you and if like we the first ones that jump on, oh I knew you weren't real. Oh you know I knew you was doing mm-hmm. money. I knew you was fake. I knew you was trying to do something, beat somebody. Like like if you look at all our leaders who accomplished something, this is my like you look at like and I don't agree with everything they did, but their accomplishments I salute them. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, you just got that because you was a part of Illuminati. Hell no. <laughs> what you telling me is that lady, that black woman like Oprah don't have enough Grind and grit like them white motherfuckers, motherfuckers did. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the Obamas don't like. Like, why you got to be a Palomani? Why all our people got to be connected to some white system? You know what I'm saying? Like, like we need to get credibility as who our real leaders are. Yeah. It's not a white one hundred. You see what I'm saying? Like, like That's we need the point to, that I just exactly. Made, bro. No, I'm not. I'm just saying we need to tear down nose. Yes, sir. And Absolutely. upbuild the ones who. Rightfully deserve it because they built their shit from the ground up. But that ain't cool. But that ain't cool. But but that's what I said though. It's not real cool. The real act, no matter what we say at this table. That's just not cool. Yeah, I wouldn't that's say still, no matter what we say. But those not the leaders that. though. That's why because the people that's see this is what keep happening. Mm-hmm. Twenty twelve, they came. They didn't give Lupe fiasco three. 
four, five, six million. They came, they loaded the Chief Keeper. Why? Mm-hmm. Why would you load him up? Right? The yeah. Kid. He ain't got nobody behind him really to talk. What they do? Drill music. If, even if you pay attention to right now the history of drill music, and people always say, you know, don't blame rap for stuff. I blame rap for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Drill music right now to this day. If you look at New York City, they crime with gun violence was that. It went up. The moment they started promoting drill music, go look at the statistics. Mm-hmm. For shootings, people shot and people caught with, with, with pipes on them. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And music plays a big part in this, but they gonna continue, mm-hmm. you know, like you say, the dude in power, he gonna come. He gonna take this poor child that he know he don't have nobody around him that's taught him anything good. If anybody know anything about money, it, a lot of times it be the devil work. The devil will give you things yeah. that just look golden and shining. So they'll come and they'll load you that's up right. with a million dollars. These kids is coming back to the communities, putting money on people's heads, loading neighborhoods up with guns and yeah. switches, yeah. bringing all the pills and everybody on purpose sets and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? This is just something that I just really feel like Never gonna stop. Like, right, let me ask you this: So what we can have a lot of a lot of people, like even right now. Yeah, they say free Larry Hoover. Yeah. That's yeah. a good thing for yeah. just Larry Hoover Personally. and his family. But for the streets, me, I don't feel like it'll help anything. Right. I don't care if they free ninety other jail members. They can free Jeff Ford too. So what? It ain't gonna change until the day. Black men start living in their houses and start raising their children. Yes, sir. Because yes. everything goes back to black men. We're not raising our kids. There's many people right now. They're 35 years old. Their kids 16. They're hanging in the streets. Like, I go back to when you were speaking about the schools, right? Yeah. I got a friend of mine. So, you know, right now they've been going to kids' houses and stuff like that. They say they walk in the house at 8 o'clock in the morning. Mama rolling up backwoods, dashing, yes, drinking, ring. Mm-hmm. Like, this shit started in a household. Right. Social learning theory. That's the right. first way that any kid learns. More so than school, more so than YouTube, more so than all that. You learn from your social environment. Mm-hmm. True. And that's why I like what he was saying as far as meeting these young men where they at. Because mm-hmm. when I see these kids and they may seem a little bothered, a little disturbed, or a little deranged. Mm-hmm. When I see them, I like how you greeted them with love. Yeah. Because at one point, I was that kid that needed that. My father died when I was eight months. Mm. So when you kept saying the father did, the father mm. did, yep. the father, that's true. Mm. It'd be like that. Mm. So with that being said, uh, you meet them where they at, and, and you aim to raise them up. And as you were saying, as far as Mr. Hoover goes, uh, Mr. Hoover wants to come home. He's a 70-year-old man. He's not trying to come on and be a gang leader. And I like to say this as well. Um, when we presented the whole uh, notion of uh, freeing Mr. Hoover, we also presented the notion of freeing Mr. Ford as well. And uh, the reasoning behind it, and you and I, we had a conversation about this some years ago. Uh, I had one against Kanye. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, but see, the thing is, with Mr. Ford, we wanted to get him free as well. But the thing that jammed him up a bit, the only reason why Mr. Hoover was eligible to be free was because of the First Step Act. The mm-hmm. First Step Act is for nonviolent drug conspiracy offenders. 
Mr. Hoover's federal case has zero murders on it. The only murder Mr. Hoover has ever been convicted of was a second degree murder, which they said he gave an order for someone to be murdered wow. back in 1973. But the dude that actually did the murder got out in 93. Right. Larry, Larry ain't never killed nobody. So the person so, they gave the order they saying alleged, actual killer, then they life in prison. Allegedly. And the person that put yeah, the shirt yeah. home. Home. So the thing is, the thing with uh, Mr. Fort was uh, they tried to charge him with terrorism. And uh, they said that he was going to receive like $2 million from Gaddafi Gaddafi, to commit yeah. a terrorist act yeah. on U.S. soil. So with that being said, he wasn't eligible for the First Step Act. Because my whole thing was free them all. Free them all. You know what I'm saying? That was my whole thing. But just due to the fact of what they charged him with, even though I don't believe Mr. Ford would have did nothing like that because this man was extremely wise. He said... No one group could speak for all black people, but however, all these groups must come together so that we can speak from a black perspective. Mm. And, that's that too and, and with that being said, the dude, uh, David Barksdale, he looked up to like Bobby Gore, Benny Lee, and the Vice Lords out west because they were able to turn CBL into a corporation. And then the Blackstones did it. They were on the Ed Sullivan show performing. They was getting grants from the government. Uh, uh, Mr. Fort was invited to the White House for Nixon's inauguration. Mm -hmm. yeah. A lot of people don't know these things. Yeah. So Larry looked up to these guys. Right. He had, in 1968, on 68th and Halstead, he had a community center where he was feeding families, where he was doing after-school programs, mm. but nobody talks about that things. Hoover did right. that. But he got it from watching what Mr. Ford was doing, what Mr. Barksdale was doing, and what the Lords was doing out west. Mm -hmm. The Panthers as well. They had a similar way. The Panthers as well. Well, there wouldn't be no free lunch or free breakfast programs right. had it not been for Fred Hampton. True. Right. You know, I and know the right. thing is, a lot of people don't know this, right down the street on the other the side of the damn Ryan, it was this dude named Hammerhand. Hammerhand was Ed Hammerhand. He was the lawyer that was involved in Mr. Hoover's case. Mm -hmm. And he was also friends with J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover was the man that said, we must do anything we can to pre prevent the rise of a black messiah. Right. And anybody who has the same power to make somebody do wrong, they may have that same power to make them do right. And all these organizations, they came together, they formed LSD, Lord Stonestown Disciples, and they began to protest downtown over contracts, bids, to build things in the city because the black contractors weren't getting no work. When they saw this unity and they saw Mr. Hoover organizing 21st century vote and making young brothers that was a part of his organization begin to be politically minded and cross over to... If you was 18 and you was in the organization, you had to be registered to vote. Mm -hmm. You ain't had no choice. And they was like, who this nigga think he is? Well, who he thought he was, <laughs> he thought he was going to do what Daly's father did, Richard J. Daly. Right. Richard J. Daly was a street nigga. Mm -hmm. He was a white dude who lived in Bridgeport. He was a leader of a gang called the Hamburgs. They was ruthless than a motherfucker. They used to extort businesses. They used to, uh, if you was black, hold you on, came on, on that Say his name again. Y'all hear this? Who? You said the Richard J. Daly, the father Davis. of Richard M. Daly. You know what I'm saying? And Hammerhand was his guy. So the thing is, when Daly got in office and became the mayor of Chicago in the midst of him becoming mayor, man, it was like four guys that was in front of him that could have got that spot, but they just 
magically just died. Heart attacks, things like that, like strokes, fall down in their sleep. And he got the spot. And when he got the spot, in order to work in City Hall, you either had to be from Bridgeport or you had to be doing business with somebody from Bridgeport, mm. or you had to be married with somebody, to somebody from Bridgeport. Mm. They were so exactly. slick that downtown is two buildings. I believe it's City Hall, and it's another building that's identical to that building. Uh, in order to get the next building done that was identical to the first building, uh, they, they made three times the amount of what, they, what it cost to build that building. Mm. And the contracts that went to build the Robert Taylor homes, they all went to Bailey's homeboys. Like, and the thing is, Walsh and stuff like that. So, so Mr. Hoover, he read Daly's book called Boss, and he seen how Daly began to understand, damn, warning in the streets and extorting businesses and being on this street shit is not the way. Mm-hmm. Politics is Politics. the way. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even refer to Daly as Daly down at City Hall. They called him the man on the fifth floor. Mm-hmm. Like, man, you coming to see the man on the fifth floor? He ran it. He brought in all his family members, all his homeboys, and this and that. Larry had the same objective. Mm-hmm. They was like, nigga, who do you think you mm-hmm. is? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Kennedy. His old man was a bootlegger. He sold illegal liquor. That'd be the same thing of a nigga slinging coke or crack or whatever to say. And his son became the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. But when you melanated, it just wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and Larry ain't never killed nobody, mm-hmm. but he underground in Colorado. Since 1996. You know, Google got you affiliated with Gangsta Disciple? I didn't know that. Yeah, they do. I was thinking of Jack. I was thinking of Jack. No, you get that taken off. Gangsta Disciple was something that began to, well, under the instructions of Mr. Hoover, uh, we began to, well, I won't say we, but the organization began to fade that out back in 1989. We were presented with this thing called, no, 87. We were presented with this thing called a new concept. And with the new concept, Mr. Hoover was like, he was in prison and he began to see his sons and his homeboys coming to the same jail that he was in. And he was like, damn. Well, like he, he had an epiphany. He was like, shit, I need to make a change. So he began to say, man, we got enough guys in the streets, enough of this, this, and that. We need lawyers. We need politicians. We need doctors. We need businessmen. Mm-hmm. We need teachers, just as you said. Mm-hmm. We need guys that come from the streets. That's why I believe Brother Malcolm was so dope. Mm-hmm. Malcolm X was a street nigga at one point when he was Malcolm Little. He was locked up for selling narcotics. He was locked up for robbery, home invasion. He was pimping. He was doing everything what guys in the streets do. But in prison, he had an epiphany. He began to evolve. And in his evolution, the reason why I believe he was so alluring to help um, make a lot of brothers make the transition from the streets was he came from. He He spoke their language. He was able to meet them where they was at. Same thing as Mr. Hoover, Mr. Ford, uh, Mr. Lloyd, like all these old school uh, street organization founders and guys that ran those things, they had an epiphany. And one one question that Mr. Hoover always asked, he said, if every other ethnic group can change, then why can't we change? A lot of people don't know that daily, his gang, the Hamburgs, they killed a black boy for swimming across an imaginary line in Lake Michigan. That's what started the race riot in 1919 in Chicago. It was them. They did that. And this dude became the mayor of the city. So they talk about death and carnage and destruction. Like, I was just watching something on Netflix the other day. I don't even remember the name of the show, but it's about this 
Indy NASCAR racer who was friend of bringing 160 tons of weed to San Francisco. Mm. But they caught the, the barge that came in because it was originally it was coming in through the Gulf of Mexico, but the feds was on him. So he kept on going. Dude did 27 years, but they let him out with a presidential pardon, and he wasn't doing nothing but selling a plant, drugs. Mr. Hoover, they say he sold drugs, but guess what? The song that said, cook, whip, and work, and this and that, Larry never whipped work. Work ain't started getting whipped to 1982. Crack came out in 82. Larry been locked up since 73. True, okay, so, so let me play that with that one real quick, right? Because I'm part, I'm part of I'm part of uh, the cycle as well, right? I'm part of growth and development. Okay, that's that's cool. Yeah. Like, I, I was just back then. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, don't, like, okay, don't, I'm, a lot of people that kill. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, so don't that taint, like, you can, like, like we can talk about all the positive and what was meant and all that, right? Absolutely. Like, how they look at it is that y'all still did this. Okay, so let me This still it. happened, hold on, hold on. Okay, this still ahead. happened under the leadership of, uh, do that taint not the whole movement? You uh, see what I'm saying? Like, like, I would like to say no. The right. reason that I say no yeah, is yeah. because something that Mr. Hoover always says is that illiteracy and crime go hand in hand, right? So, do you know what the average, in, in 2022, do you know what the average medium uh, net worth of a family in Eaglewood is right now? Right like, now in 2022? $25,000 or something? $19,000. $19,000. Do you know the average net worth of a family who lives on the Gold Coast right now? The average income of a, of, of a if you live on the Gold Coast, the average income is $75,000 uh, a year. The average income of a person living in Inglewood is 19000 bro. That's a crime. That's now, the thing is, that's a bigger crime than anything else because the thing is, if the, the, the average wealth gap in America right now between the net worth of families, the average black family is worth $17,000 with all your assets and your debt, 17000 The average white family is worth 170000 There's a 10-time wealth gap in America right now. Mm -hmm. Now, I was in the streets. The only reason I was in the streets is because my family needed help. We was going to the laundromat, we had roaches, we had mice. Shit, I wanted to get a washer and dryer. I wanted some Jordans. I didn't want rats and roaches mm -hmm. in my house no more. So I found an easier way because I seen my mama working three jobs and we were still poor. And I seen my reason ride slick in the motherfucker and it seemed like he was doing less work. Exactly. And it's called social learning theory. So we learned from our social environment. Mm -hmm. And Larry Hoover not had came up here when he was nine years old from Jackson, Mississippi, and been dirt poor living over there on 68th and Green. His outcome probably would have been totally different. And yeah, I yeah. believe it definitely would have been totally different because look what happened to the white guys, the Irish that was poor living in Bridgeport. They went on to become mayor and president of the United States and shit. Mm -hmm. Larry just had a very fucked up environment that he was in and he became a product of that environment. He looked up to the pimps and the hustlers. Why are you gonna look up to your mama and father? They work in two jobs and y'all still poor. And the pimps and the hustlers and the niggas in the streets is eating. Mm -hmm. You gonna replicate those things. I mean that that was right. that was my reason. So right and I, I understand it. So 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 your actions, are you accountable? Are you being held accountable for your actions? You are accountable for your actions, but the thing is, as he said early on, when he was talking about the fruit on the tree, mm -hmm. every tree has roots, correct? Correct. 
any root that is about any tree that is malnourished does not have the ability to flourish. So if the roots of this tree is malnourished, not getting the proper like nutrients that it need, or the proper in, uh, education, or the proper uh, financial help and things of those nature, as he said, they had to take the father out the house in order for us to get aid and assistance in our households. Man, that tree, the fruit from that tree, man, that shit gonna be like damn near poison. Right. I'm, I'm, we got set up, bro. You. If you was Larry Hoover and I was a white judge and you was on trial, the white judge, I would want the white judge to get up out of his seat, sit in your chair, and you judge him. Because mm. who the hell are these people yeah. to there judge us for the actions that we've done yeah. under their tutelage? God damn it. You hear what I'm saying? Exactly. And we asking these same people to treat us right. Mm -hmm. The only reason I did kill, I did murder, I did sell drugs is because I was trying to survive in a jungle that you created mm -hmm. and made it damn yeah. impossible. Yeah. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. So no, you sit on trial, yeah. goddammit, and we judge yeah. you. Yeah. You hear what I'm saying? They're not qualified. Hey, hey, what Dave mm -hmm. said, Dave, you gave a very good example when you said, look at what they did with Mr. Kozai. Yeah. They took a kid that was in poverty, sleeping on his grandma's couch, had a band on his leg, and they cleaned him up, made him look real nice, mm. and put him out in the forefront. Gave him mm. $6 million at 16. So that's a proof of concept. When you see that and you be like, damn, how did he do it? You look at the videos and you Way see what he's doing. How he did. You imitate yeah, it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, COINTELPRO did that a long time ago right. when heroin hit in the late 60s. So Benny Lee, one of the founders of uh, the CVL uh, movement, who is now a college professor right down the street on 39th at Eastern Illinois, this dude told me when he got locked up in 68, brothers was on that black power kick. They had afro. They was like power to the people. Mm -hmm. He said when he got out in 1971, <laughs> them black exploitation films came out. Mm. Niggas had perms. Everybody was doing heroin. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And COINTELPRO, they deliberately took niggas off the streets. They gave them Cadillacs, hit them with money, hit mm -hmm. them with the work, made them look super pretty to everybody in the hood. Motherfuckers wanted to emulate these guys. And that's what we became. Because all we was looking for was a way out. Mm -hmm. Like, I started rapping because I was looking for a way out. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? They, they was doing other things because they was looking for a way out. Mm -hmm. The thing is, if you got an option to make $500 a week or $500 an hour, what you gonna do? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, if they not telling you that, hey, if you get caught with this hard, like, if you had to do one year for getting caught with soft, for that same amount of hard, you're doing a hundred years. Yeah, you're gonna That's what they did. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we got misled, man. But poverty is where it all began. This is where this mentality came from. Nobody that was uh, uh, aiding, assisting, and death and destruction through selling narcotics in our community. I don't think that uh, niggas woke up like, I want to kill some niggas today. Let me go sell this crack. I'm going to tell y'all, when I was 14, I was, shit, I was, you know, I had Jordan and shit, I was giving me a little money. And what made me leave the, the white shit alone was, uh, it was this uh, customer who, she came to see me and she was pushing a stroller with a baby in it. And the little baby looking up at me like laughing, smiling, I want to pick the little baby up. But here I am serving her mama. 
I left that shit alone because it was even my soul. I had a brother who was very righteous and he would be speaking this black power, militant shit in me all the time. I couldn't even look my family in the eyes doing that shit. And then my man, mama, shit, my man mama came to my crib with a trench coat on and some boxer, some boxer shorts and shit, trying to suck me off for some work and shit. Yeah. And, and y'all know that yeah. a lot of niggas first time having sex was with a, a smoke. Uh, ten year, ten dollars. It was. <laughs> See, you know what I'm saying? That's how them days all the game was in the Niggas was doing yeah, that. So, so and you wanted to be cool. You wanted to be in because having sex as a teenager or in grammar school, you was the man. Yeah. What you saying? You did it. <laughs> no, I ain't never. I mean, I, no, no, my first time was it, it was a, a somebody of my age that wasn't clutch. I'm talking about that trick talking did. No, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. That was my guy mama, man. But you know, just looking at that little baby in the eyes, man, it was like this ain't for me. So I switched it up to other things because the other things were something that I consumed and I was on the honor roll every year. I was very intelligent in school. The shit was very easy to me. But at the same time, you know, you losing your guys and shit, then you got to go sit in that classroom the next day and act like nothing happened. Yeah. You got to be, like, still on your shit like nothing happened. It made us desensitized to it. Yeah. Like, when I when I be moving around and I talk to, to people about what's going on in Chicago, we could be talking about a murder. We could talk about things that really, like, high violence and we'd be laughing about the shit. Yeah. Not intentionally, not trying to be disrespectful, no, but this is what Chicago did to us. This right. is what growing up in these environments did to us. We live in the most, per capita, this is the most segregated city in the country. I'm laughing because I just watched the video, right? Yeah. And you write about this, and it's sad that yeah. we like this now. We are. I saw a video dude got shot in the head. Yeah. The way he fell, I was laughing. And like what you saying, I felt a little bad yeah. afterwards, but I'm like, why you fall like yeah, that? That's how we got shot in the head, but it's like, I didn't saw people shot in the face of that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it's like, I'm immune to this now. Yeah, you know, we shouldn't even be immune to all this violence and everything that we're going through right it's now. Not you know? normal, but yeah, we normalize it. it. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, we do, and we, we just glorify yeah. yeah, I was going to ask you that, though. What did you say? Have you ever, have you ever, like, how did you change your mentality? From the drugs of thinking like shit, somebody gonna do it anyway. Might as well be me. You know that'd be a lot of mentalities as well. Well, the thing is, um, as I said, I had a brother. My brother uh, may rest in peace. He uh, worked for Bobby E. Wright. Bobby E. Wright was the first black man to ever receive a, a master's degree in psychology at the University of Chicago. And he had a center on Nine South Kids. It was a mental health center out west. And from there, from going there as a youth with my brother and seeing our people coming in there, struggling, going through what they was going through, I knew at that time, and listening to Scarface, he said, praying for forgiveness, trying to find an exit out the business. I was like 13, 14 when I heard that. I'm like, damn. That resonated with me, you know what I'm saying? So, with that being said, knowing that the system had already designed us to be in a position of failure, I wanted to aid and assist my brothers and sisters of the struggle to become uh, better uh, members of society as opposed to helping play the role of genocide. Because like you said, Dave, you don't know who the enemy is these days, but the thing is, the oppressor, uh, oppression is not a matter of complexion. 
You know, like you can't say the white man. Yeah. You know? right. Anybody who's doing the work of the oppressor is the oppressor. They are an extension of it. And my thing is, I had to decide what side I wanted to stand on. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wanted to do what I could to uplift my people. So uh, I was hustling. I was quiet about it. But my family, they was looking, so I had to give me a job. And I got a job because one of the guys that was over my organization in my community, he was like, they just went and got them. He named different organizations. They went and got them. Who you think they coming for next? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was like, nigga, you got to get a job and pay some taxes. Because actually, I went to him trying to get some work. Right. And he was like, nah. He was like, you got something up here. He was like, you, I ain't finna hit you. I found an alternative, but I did listen to him, you know what I'm saying, for the most part. I went and got me a job, and uh, it was just crazy because the job that I got, I was working at the Park District at Owens Park on 87 and Jeffrey. So, I was, so look, I was 18, right, working there. And at 18, I'm mentoring 12 to 14-year-olds. They was in a uh, summer program. One of the guys who I mentored, he went on to become the head of the school district in DeSoto, Texas. Mm. He was a press boy, Gwendolyn Brooks, on 111, went down there and did his thing. Young lady who I mentored is a sous chef at like a uh, Cheesecake Factory. Another dude who was an extension of my mentorship is now a state rep for the state of Illinois. Mm. So I had a brother who was pointing to me real young when I was living this double life. And I was pointing into the shorties. I wasn't pouring the... The, the corrupt side into the yeah. shorties. I try to pull the enlightenment into them. And in, in, even in doing that, tell, telling these young men, dedication, determination, discipline. We are a reckoning power of people bound by no means beyond measures. Speaking that language, that shit I never heard in school before. Nobody never told me I was the chosen. Nobody never told me proper preparation prevents poor performance. Nobody never told me about the six principles of the six laws of the universe. Mm -hmm. Love, which is... Um, Love is which is the the the, uh, the the force or the law in which life comes from. The, the only reason that we all here right now is because of love. Either your parents was in love mm -hmm. or they love fucking each other, mm -hmm. and it produced us. So, so so the life came. The life is uh, being in the midst of the mortal world. What what are we gonna do with this life that we have? And then from this life that we have. Every day that we live, we got to strive to give the world as much as we possibly can to give our community, our environment, our family as much as we can. And that comes to loyalty, which is a commitment to a given order of things. The given order of things is uh, the love for our people. The love for I don't want to see my son or my daughter hungry as hell going to school, as you said, with the same outfit on for a week. So what am I going to do about that? Then from that, you got knowledge. Knowledge is simply information. And then with this information, wisdom is how you apply this information. It's the ability to know how to apply the information that you have. And when you got those five things locked in, then you got understanding. Your understanding is something that... It puts you on a different uh, realm of what the average man is thinking and where the average man is able to move. And it was so crazy because the job that I had, I was working in a mall at the plaza at this store called Alark. And I used to see guys who I might have been into it with when I was a teenager. They started coming in the store. I'm like, oh, shit, I got my thumb in my locker. It, it worked. It was crazy. <laughs> no need for it. It was crazy, but it wasn't, no, it wasn't no need for it. You know why? Because as these guys was coming in and shouting, and they were seeing me, some niggas were like, I ain't fucking with him and this and that. But others, man, I began to realize that we were so much alike. Mm -hmm. And then, as a shorty, 
like the the guys that was over my area, they used to give me their cars to park and shit. I'm like 14, 15, driving park abs and shit. Got the other shorty folks mad. Like, man, who this nigga, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, short bodies. It was like that. So with that being said, I started going out with the, with the older guys that was within my organization. And I would see them with the older guys and other organizations that we was into it with as youths and shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it made me realize that we all had a, a common goal. It was just growth and development and prosperity. That's all we ever wanted. Huh. But genocide got in the way of that. And, yeah. with, and with that being said, that's why like early on in my career, I won Grammy Awards and this and that. Whenever I came home to Chicago, man, I remember being in a building with the T's out west on Home and Maple. What's the travels? The travels. I remember being with the foes on Chicago and Carlisle. I remember being in the middle of Foster Park with the Stones. I remember just moving around with all these different organizations just trying to bring forth unity. Mm -hmm. Because genocide, that was some shit that I was tired of. You know what I'm saying? I buried a lot of my guys. They buried a lot of their guys. Where do we go from here? That's all it was. You know what I'm saying? And with that being said, even today, I know it's a lot of bodies and shit. It's a lot of murders. It's a lot of uh, people that's no longer with us, man. But nobody wins. The only way we win is when we all in. And we got to move in a... Um, in a uh, well, this is just my opinion because I can't tell people what to do. Mm -hmm. But we have... I would say that it would be more beneficial to us if we could unify. And then once we unify, as opposed to running to the Democrats or the Republicans, we'd be our own political party. Mm -hmm. And then we'll have some type of, our votes may mean something. Yeah. If we all on the same page. You know what I'm saying? In the streets, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, the only reason I say that is because I come from street organization. We had governors. We had regions. Yeah. We had first seat. We had second. That shit worked. Mm -hmm. That shit worked. And niggas weren't just giving them spots. You had to earn them spots. No, no mm -hmm. question. You know what I'm saying? You had to earn them spots. That game, that game wasn't rigged. This game rigged that we play. Like, mm -hmm. it's rigged. Like, me and him, right now, if we do a raffle, we can let whoever the fuck we want win after we sell 10,000 tickets. We're going to bring in our cousin. He going to fucking get the winning ticket. The 10,000 we said going to win, we're going to get his ass $80. And well, well, I, I, I would say that the game was rigged because the yeah. way the way that they brought down any black organization always came from within. Yeah. They found somebody that black they would Panthers, be like. What was dude's name? Black Panthers. He was oh, I, I know exactly who you're talking about, but I don't remember the he, name off back. He was the big ass informant. Well, they, they had multiple. They had an Asian guy who was giving guns to the Black Panthers in Oakland. He was the dude that gave them all the, the guns. The dude was a regular Black Panther. He was a I, regular. I know his name. I know exactly who you're talking about. He cooked. I know everything. exactly who you're talking about, but I don't remember his name. Yeah, look this up for us right Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, <laughs> that, that was extremely scary. But, but not just the Black Panthers, the GEs, the Stones, yeah. the Vice Lords. Like, if, if, if the reason Mr. Hoover is locked up for so long is simply because of witnesses. And the witness is just simply somebody that said, William you said, do it. That's the name. That's the name. William O'Neill. That's the name. But, yeah, yeah. But, but the thing is, with, with, with all these different organizations, if you was the head of the organization and a nigga in your organization, they was like, man, we're going to give you 25 years. But we'll give you five if you say, do said, do it. Right. That's exactly. what niggas did. That's what niggas did. It is. I got something yeah. I'm going to ask, right? Yeah. So, the honorable... Elijah, mm -hmm. 
What's been the difference with the FOI and like the street gang? Because even Farrakhan, powerful brother, mm. it seems like the FOI has never been touched. I've never really heard nothing about them being infiltrated informants. Like, what's going on going on over there? Because I feel like what's going on over there need to be out here in, in the streets. Yeah, because it seems like it's a lot of un unity. Mm -hmm. It's it's it's, it's structure over there. Mm -hmm. Structure. I would say um, everything I'm talking to you about, we strive to implement in the nation, right? Mm -hmm. I can't force you to do nothing that I'm saying today, right? Mm -hmm. I can't force you to do nothing that I'm saying. But if I know it to be beneficial, I know that when you do start to implement it, you're going to be successful. You understand what I'm saying? On my, on our side, the messenger taught us that unity will solve 95% of our problems. Mm -hmm. Not 50, not 20, not 70. 95% of our problems, right? So we can talk about as much as we want to talk about today, and it sounds good, but until we unify, we will not be successful, right? Mm -hmm. You had other organizations throughout history that were effective, but we weren't all on the same page as the people. If we vote, we vote as a block. You understand Absolutely. what I'm saying? Absolutely. And it's different. We both playing, we playing a game of connect four, and you got the up on me. You know better, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm a baby, I'm new at this, right? It would be better that I play with my sister, you, 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 and you, because you could stand over here and say, no, nah, he cheating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The game is rigged. He yeah. cheating, right? Yeah. And if he cheating, we're not going to play at all. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That's unity. But if I'm by myself and I never played the game before, you feel me? Yeah. You, you, you move and stuff around however you want to, and I'm like, damn, I lost. Right? No, yeah. you cheated. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> um, yeah. Unity is the solution to our problems. When it comes to the nation of Islam, we have structure and we have order. And if you out of pocket, you're going to get dealt with. In whatever way we need to deal with you, right? Sometimes, as you know, you get put out. Sometimes it's in ways that I wouldn't discuss on camera. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But ultimately, there's structure. And we soldiers in the Nation of Islam. These are my brothers. These are FOI, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people like to hire us as security. And the reason we perform so well is not that, not only because we're good at securing you, but before I let something happen to my brother, I'm going to take your life. You hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Before I let something happen to my brother on the other side of you, I'm going to take your life. And on the basis of that, brother, you just happen to get protected. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. So unity and structure and law, right? We believe in God, right? And we know that we are God's chosen people, right? But God can't give us what he want to give to us if we don't submit to what it is he told us to submit to, right? Mm -hmm. Period. So God wants to give us the promised land, right? He wants to give it to us. But if we continue to look at what God prescribed and say, no, I'm going to do what the hell I want to do. Okay, until you get your act together, I can't give you what it is that I promised you. You hear what I'm saying? In the nation of Islam, we are willing to fight, die, and kill for what it is that we love. Donald Elijah Muhammad teaches like before you even build or create or, or plan to establish anything, you need to plan on how you're going to protect it, right? Because you can build a building as much as you want to, but if you don't plan on how you're going to build the structure to where it don't come down, it's going to come down. You get what I'm saying? So you got law, you got order, There's a, we got lieutenants, we got captains, you hear me? We got generals, right? Organization. We call our stuff organization, but it get infiltrated all the time because ain't no organization. I don't like. I don't like her, so I'm not gonna listen to what she's talking about. FBI, the feds come in, build off of your dissatisfaction with your leader. Now they got you. You hear what I'm saying? They send the agents in, but the way we move, it ain't no slack talk. It ain't no gossip. Hey, you know so and so just said this about you. 
Is that right? Go get so-and-so, bring them right here, and we're going to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? That's how that goes. That's how we work. That's how it goes. So it ain't no confusion, because we're going to address it on hand. When there is no organization, it's so easy for your enemy to come in and infiltrate. And I got to say this if we're getting ready to wrap up, because I believe this is pivotal to anything we're trying to do today. No nation can rise higher than this woman. Period. At all. No nation can rise higher than this woman. Write that down. So what I'm saying is the the amount of respect and the level of respect that you got for your woman is going to determine the success of your nation. Period. If you don't value your woman, protect your woman, love your woman, put your woman on a pedestal, your nation is going to be infiltrated and is going to continue to fall. Why? Because the nation, the, the woman oftentimes is the one that nurtures and rears the children, right? Correct. And the children are the future. Correct. So you already killing your future off if you're not doing your woman right. You hear what Correct. I'm saying? And we talk about, man, we men, we this, that, and the third. If your son is raised to hate you, you ain't going to have power for so long. You know what I'm saying? Right. You ain't going to have no rule and no authority. They, the women are raising the children to hate us because we've been removed from our throne as kings and leaders in our community. You hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we have to start rearing our children, right? Loving our women and respecting our women. And then everything that we talked about and discussed today, we can start moving out on. Love. That's at the top of the list as well. The reason I was able to pierce that young brother's spirit is because he knew I loved him. I done had little brothers cry. Damn, you don't love me. Sometimes it threw them off. You don't love me. I don't know you. You're not my brother. Then I explained to them why I love them. Then they said they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I can tell you how much I love you as much as I want to, but now I got to show you. You feel me? I got to take you somewhere. I got to feed you. It was so unfortunate, man. I had a 15, you heard about the young 15-year-old boy that got killed in Hyde Park in the car? Did y'all hear about that story? Yeah, he just left school or something. Yeah, yeah that was this. Uh, not too long ago, man. Actually, it keep happening so much, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't even know which one. About His it. name was Contrell McNeil. I think two of them. One got killed that mm-hmm. day, and a fourteen got shot with the day. He that was one him. of my students, right? All right, it was like Kenwood and yeah, Kenwood. Yeah, exactly, like yeah, exactly. And that was painful because I talked to him, mm. I coached him. These children ain't terrible. These children ain't bad. They just need somebody to give them something to do and love them. So I'm talking to him. I took him out. We shot a video. I fed him. You could tell he would have been great if he just had a little more guidance and tutelage. But the second we remove ourselves as men, we leave our children open to what the enemy already got set up for him. You hear what I'm saying? So just being there. But love, man. You can't even hear what I'm saying if you don't think I give a damn about you. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you, bro. But yeah, I hear what I'm saying. I'm going to say something that was deep because... That wasn't, from what I know, that wasn't, like, a lot of shit wasn't even a real beef. It was something about some internet shit. Mm-hmm. So sure. he was that young a kid. That oh, it was. Internet, I went in the O block, and I'm not going to say no names because I, I currently know, you know how things is, mm-hmm. are on the internet. But I walked in the O block. Um, it was funny. We just trained different as FOI. People like to take pictures and stuff outside of O block. They don't know what may happen if they set foot in. Yeah. But it was late. And we walked in. Attraction. Yep, you hear me? <laughs> no, but this was before you uh, okay. okay before, but you know, we walked in. It wasn't it was what it was. Nonetheless, we didn't care about how popular yeah. it was, our people are in there. So we went in there and before we went, man, it was a, a sister sitting on the front porch. 
there was a lot of children playing in the yard, throwing the ball around. So we get we walking in, we, we catch the ball from the young man, we throwing it back and forth. I'm like, I see you got that arm on you, right? He's smiling, he excited. You can go look at the video. We go and talk to them. Like, How you doing, Queen? What y'all doing here? We just came to see our people. Good to see you today, sister, right? You're looking beautiful today, sister, right? Boosting the self-esteem. What tripped me out was all the children that was running in the damn front yard was all her. You feel what I'm saying? They was all her children, right? But wasn't no father around. Wasn't no father Dang. present at all. But they was all hers. And you can tell she was trying to manage. We talked to her, give her a kind word. Um... Brother said, what y'all doing? We just came to see our people. He said, y'all need to go over there to them ones in the middle, you know, because them the wild ones. I'm like, okay, yes, sir. And he said, if y'all do, make sure y'all got pole on y'all. I said, we good. We <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he said, y'all need that. And I said, we good, brother. We don't need no pole on us. We fear no God but Allah. So we walk through. We go through. And Chicago knows who, who this artist is. You know, they, they really be in there. Uh, but... We walk up, and this just goes to show, man, all of the garbage that you see on the media and in the yeah, music yeah, and everything man. they portray. Yeah. These is beautiful young black men that have found yes. a way to get some money yes. and make it out. Mm-hmm. And because this is the only way that they perceive that they can get bread and make it out the yes. system. This is what they doing, right? But he in the middle, you know, you could tell, you know, he, he in the sense of leader, you know, he got all the weeds, you know, fat, blunt, you feel me, everybody crowd around him. <laughs> you hear me? Uh, the girls walking, I'm talking to him. But we chop it up, you know, I spit a few bars, we laugh, we build. But this is what he wanted to know. He said, brother, I just took my shahada. He said, you know, I'm Muslim now, right? But what I want to know is how somebody like me that done killed, done robbed, done stole, how do I change my life around and turn my life around? Because I want to know. This is what he want to know. He's the question they ask. That's a good question. Now you go and look at the videos, you don't think he give a damn about reforming his life, but that's what he want. Because it's our nature to be righteous. You hear what I'm saying? We only this way because we was under day two. That's how many times I got to say it. We answered the question, right? You know, and it ended with a smile. We cracked a couple jokes, but I got to say that. Because all this stuff you see on TV and on the internet and in the music, it's a damn facade. Yeah, and if we present something better for them, that's the route they're going to take. You know what I'm saying? So we're talking about solutions in our community. We can keep on talking. I feel like the first step is love. But when we get off this podcast, I got to get the numbers of the brothers and the sisters in here. And we just got to be tight and connected, right? Yeah. And we got to start saying, like, we sitting next to somebody that we know being used as a puppet. Brother, I love you. And I ain't mad at you telling your story and your music, but you got to talk about some solutions at a certain point. You You feel me? And then it get to a point when the whole community on the same page, Mm -hmm. when we all like, no, we done with this. You start to become an enemy to us. So we're going to have to deal with you in some way, form or fashion. That's the reality. Take it or let it alone. Some of us are going to have to die if we're talking about bringing in the kingdom of God. There is no getting around that, right? Some people are going to have to die. Some people are going to have to be dealt with. And some people are going to have to get snatched off that stage at a certain point. You feel me? Period. Right? And and, and what does it mean to us? You feel me? And listen, sometimes we're going to have to do it with tears in our eyes because we know you only this way. Because, you feel me, our enemy made you this way. We don't get no kick out of this. Right? I I take it out, brother. But um, just going back to, to the solution, I feel like we need to study, bro. Mm-hmm. Study our history, mm-hmm. be men, 
hold each other accountable. And look at this white man. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says, study the white man, for he is successful and he makes no excuses for his failures. Mm -hmm. You hear what I'm saying? Study him. You was talking about Richard Daly, right? Absolutely. Do you see? Larry studied him. Look at the lengths they went to gain control and power in their community. Where do we get our history from? Our, our, you know what I'm asking. Mm -hmm. Where do we get our history from? I would, I would employ you. guys talking. You know what I'm saying? I got you. Yeah. We're not getting this from point. CPS. Get this point. Yeah, no, that's God. That's God. That's super God. I would employ you. Going back to control, yeah. they started off with mafia. Then he recognized that it was the politics that he needed to be involved in. Yeah. But ultimately, all they're doing is to gain control first over them and theirs, but they want control over the world. We kind of got to have that same sense in terms of the control we want as men over our. How we put. How would you feel if I walked into your household and started telling you how to run your house? Exactly. You're like, get up out of here, right? Yeah. But we let them come in our community and we're like, yeah, do, yeah, paint the walls. You know what, like, what you do is how you do it. It's they how come you do in it. smooth. Yeah. But we got to study them, how they move, yeah. how they operate. Yeah. I'm just saying we need to have a sense of, of the want of control in our community yes. and start to take control Agreed. in our community. But one, you want to know about your history. They said, God damn it, if you want to hide something from a black man, put, put it in, in a book. book. We got to start reading. Mm -hmm. But before you can read, you got to know how to read. Mm -hmm. You hear what I'm saying? So now we got to start educating our children. Mm -hmm. What you read. And know what you read. I know we, we, I was raised on our history in the Nation of Islam. I went to uh, Muhammad University of Islam, right? Uh, and that's a, that's a high school. That's our, high, that's our actual school, right? And they teach you, like, when we graduate from our high school, we look at these white people like, they not like that. You hear me? Right. They not really like that. And it's not to demean them, but when you go to public school, you look at them like they're the biggest thing in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And then you graduate from your school and you learn what your kings accomplished, right? And before even kings, what it was, we was able to build and establish everything we contributed to America. You hear what I'm saying? And now you walking around like you go to college and I, I got some brothers that say, man, Knowing what I know, man, I sit and look at these white people that we call so powerful, and I'm just like, how in the hell did we ever allow them to rule over us? You hear what I'm saying? But that's the esteem you get when you teaching your son that he's great. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So education, establishing control, us holding each other as count accountable as men, yeah. us elevating and protecting our women, mm -hmm. and us not being afraid to lose our life to ensure that our communities are decent places to live. Yes. Hey, look, like, look, I, I apologize. No, well, I like what you said was, um, uh, as far as learning, like education, like how do we learn, how do we read, things of that nature. You look at uh, this Greek philosopher, his name was Pythagoras. They called him the father of Greek philosophy. But what they leave out is he went to Egypt to learn. And when he went to Egypt to learn, there was already a university in Thebes which was called Waset at the time, which had 80,000 students enrolled. It's mm. called the Seven Liberal Arts before wow. we even knew what any other ethnicity was. <laughs> so if you look at Plato, you look at Pythagoras, you look at Socrates, a lot of these Greek philosophers, they died dolo. They died miserably because they went to Africa, got the knowledge, came back, and they were speaking this African shit. <laughs> <laughs> they, leave that, they, leave, they leave that part out in mm. their the story, well, in the history know, books, though, man. But you know what? And yeah. the thing about it is, yeah. as, a, as a mother, and I'm sitting here listening to y'all, and I'm talking to y'all, I've been real silent mm -hmm. <laughs> this yes, episode, but it's because I'm listening to you all as men 
and I'm just sitting here thinking, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking because I have a son. My mm. son is three years old. Yeah. I have two brothers. My brother is six, and he goes to Muhammad okay. University. Okay? Right. My little brother is six years old. He can look you in your face, and if you ask him, a question, if you asked him about 1555, he knew it. He'll know. He could have sat right here and told you everything. Every no. question that you asked, he could have gave you an answer to. So the thing about it is, it's like, okay, so the thing is, we got to educate our kids, right? The thing is, you have people that they pride themselves in sending their kids to private school mm. and everything like that. But then when you bring up Muhammad University, they'll tell you, oh, well, I'm not a Muslim. Well, you're not a Catholic either. <laughs> so what's the problem? You get what I'm saying? So you have it's about doing research, knowledge, learning. You get what I'm saying? And then every single time we talked, you all talked about an influence. Mm. When you came up with solutions, you talked about how you spoke to this artist or you talked about how this leader said something. So the thing is, it still comes back to the influence. So it's like you said, how do we get you know, the mass to yeah, hear us. Mass. It's about us right here on this podcast today, figuring out a way how we could take our connections mm. and get through to the people that do have the um, the audience. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We got to do that because, see, I've been sitting here and I've been holding my chest because my chest was hurting mm. because I'm sitting here listening to y'all and I'm thinking about my son. Mm. And the first thing I thought was, this is y'all. Mm. Yeah. It's y'all responsibility And yes I'm a woman and yes that's my son And yes he got his own dad But I'm looking at y'all and I'm like It's y'all mm. It's, it's, it's y'all I need all of y'all To figure out how y'all can take This influence, this podcast Your connection, whatever connection you got And figure out how we can get The influence with this knowledge mm. Because if they had This knowledge they will probably do better mm. if they knew the knowledge that we know and had the knowledge of self like you all have and like we have today maybe they would do something mm. different if they realize okay the same way I can influence this girl to shake her ass or excuse it's my language or the same way I can influence this dude to go shoot somebody let know. me influence y'all to do better because y'all need to do better so y'all could be like me that that's what I'm trying to. I, I just want to say we, we we honor you wholeheartedly. Yeah. 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 I want to say that. See, when when the people are oppressed, they usually take on the ways of the oppressor. Mm -hmm. uh, as black people or melanated or Aboriginal people, we were three things to be a man. Manhood was to protect, provide, and procreate. Mm. But, P -P -P. but under, under, the, the, uh, <laughs> under the rule of our oppressor, he made death and destruction manhood. Like how you say, they mm. tie the bodies up, mm -hmm. shoot the gun in the air, the mules run in different directions, mm -hmm. your body split, they chopping your move off, sticking it in your mouth, yeah. and burning your body on fire. And, and, and these were the guys that was at the top of the food chain. Mm -hmm. Another thing they did was we had a holy trinity way before this new holy trinity, mm -hmm. man, boy, and spirit of a man. The holy trinity of our people was man, woman, and child. Mm -hmm. And the woman was on the top of it. Like when you see the ark, you see the womb of a woman, you see the phallus of a man, and you see the new life that comes from it. But y'all was at the top of it. We never was a patriarchal society. We were a matriarchal society. And as you said, you can tell how good a community is doing based upon the status of what the woman is doing. Correct. Because you all nurture. Mm. Like, you have the ability for a human being to live a 
I'm gonna cut you off. Back to what she was speaking about the podcast. That was one of my main focus with this podcast. Mm. We gonna talk about shit that they're afraid to talk about. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And guess what? We everybody push this platform. We can get the word out. You close to some powerful people. I know some powerful people. Mm -hmm. You know some powerful people. And if we all really just start connecting the unity that you Mm. said, we start showing each other love. Don't call me or don't hit them up. You hear about I'm that. I'm Mm. dead. Who I know? Call me Ma. Text me Ma. See how that is. Let's see how we can start changing the community. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's all about point. Right, that's and it. One thing I love about my favorite team, and this is take two. Golden State Warriors. Yeah. They always say it's strength and numbers. Mm, for sure. And we be forgetting that. Yeah. It's strength and numbers. Absolutely. I love you. I love you. Mm-hmm. I should never walk out this door and see your face and feel afraid. Mm, correct. Yes, sir. One day we gotta get over that. Yes, sir. And mm-hmm. it's tripped out because we can stand outside our store right here and white people walk past and get in the street. Mm-hmm. And I told myself, when have we ever jumped on you? I should be getting out your way. Yeah. <laughs> as much damage y'all did to us, mm-hmm. yes, you clutching your purse. When the last time a black man snatched a white woman's purse? Right. Yeah. What are you holding your purse for? Really a white person to walk through our community. With money in their hand and never get touched. Hey, they're walking dogs on 70th and Stony right now. Oh, they can do something at 2 in the morning. I see it. I see it. Mm-hmm. And ain't no day, you ain't heard one story of them raped, not one story of them shot. Yeah. But a black woman coming in, circling the block, going to her hair salon, murder. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, we also, when I was talking about the mm-hmm. black belt, That's tough. we ain't too far from the land of where. Uh, the Honorable, the Messenger, uh, Elijah Muhammad, mm-hmm. all up and down Stone, uh, Cottage Grove. Yeah, 47. Mm-hmm. From 30 something to 79th Street was black businesses owned by the Nation of Islam. Man, right. if you joined the nation, not only would you have a job, you would have a place to live. Oh, absolutely. He provided housing for people that were making the transition coming over to this 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 uh, this realm of thinking, this mm-hmm. knowledge, wisdom, and understanding mm-hmm. that the nation provided. That's why I honor him so much. Mm-hmm. And they never taught us about him in our books in school. No. They viewed him as an enemy when mm-hmm. this man was showing us economic, social, political, and educational ways in order for us to move forward. Mm. He he was a true testament of that. So a lot of times you have brothers and sisters who speak but they don't do the work. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I want to. What you said, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just want to make it clear, like, uh, like diet right down the street on Fifty First. The last graduating class of that school in twenty fourteen was only thirteen students. Mm-hmm. Twenty sixteen, I partnered with this principal by the name of Beulah McLeod and Jennings Jackson, who was the head of uh, CPS, and we reopened diet. It's mm-hmm. the first open enrollment arts high school in the history of Chicago. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to a magnet school, a charter school, or a private school. These kids, they go to that school. Right now, it's a level one neighborhood school. It's nationally recognized. And when the kids finish, they got a semester of college under their belt. Wow. Like, we got to do the work. We got to bring the trades back to the school systems as well. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we got like 52 properties 
52 schools that got shut down, you know what mm. I'm saying, under the the, uh, the, the, the rule of wrong. We're about to turn them mm. into factories. Man, we need to turn them into something. We okay. need these brothers to pick up these trades again because if we can pay 1500 and get a trade and be getting a union, that's way better than having a $60,000 uh, yeah. student loan. Say that again, Absolutely. bro. Yeah. Say that in the camera. Yeah. I went to uh, trade school to be a welder. I didn't even go to college. I'm a welder by trade. So yeah. That's what DJ was speaking of. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Trades and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, before we wrap up, I want to ask you something, right? Yes, sir. The guy rapping to DMX in the back of the day, mm-hmm. is, that, is he related to you? That's my father, yep. My actual father, yes. Yeah. Sir. Yep, that's my dad. See, yep. see, I ain't know that. They put me on there. That's dope. Because <laughs> I was a kid but, at that but time. But you knew about Souls at War, though. So it's yep, yep, that's yeah, that's That's why he like, yeah, yeah it's it like, yep, that's I, Pops. That's hey, Pops. It's tripped out, but I know them. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He put it together when we said it because he like, well, that means souls at war. But I'm like, you represent so. souls as a way to be one day. That's why I wore today. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you go way back, brother. His, yes, wife, <laughs> his wife is probably your mama with the short hair. You know my mother? I was printing shirts for her. Back when he was doing this thing with Lamar? No, this was. Short hair? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way back then, you know, my mom still that. That's tripping yeah. me out, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But okay. that's his story. Cool. Uh, that that I remember when I was a kid. That was on like what the show or something. Like that, that was a store for the nation, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Max was, was big. That was called Max We sit because a lot of and uh, times in the, you don't really see a lot of artists come out of the nation like myself, mm-hmm. right? We got a big nation, right? And we sitting there most times we doing the security. And I hear the stories, man, how the nation was in an uproar to see one of theirs hop in the cypher and no kill it, man. You hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I saw that when I was young, and that was one of my inspirations, really, to take it all away, man. So, yeah, definitely got that aspect from my father. How's it for you being an artist? Um, being Muslim, so... We know you ain't picking up the rose eggs in the club. You could do a red bull on But you ain't picking up the rose. Mm-hmm. You ain't smoking the Garcia Vegas and backwoods. And you can rap too. How is it? Yeah, and you actually rap. Like, yeah. How is it for you? First, I got to say all holy praises are due to the most high because I'm really good at what I do, brother. Right? And I feel like the big thing for me was not being preachy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I was born in the nation, but it wasn't no like, oh, you just stay in the mosque. Like, my pops wasn't always around. Love pops, he wasn't always around, mm-hmm. right? My mother was a single mother. She went through a whole lot. We ain't got to discuss everything, but I saw my mother go through hell. I would leave MUI and I'm outside on the porch, right? You know, we was in Princeton Park. I had the teachings, but I was claiming the gangs in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Because the influence is so heavy. Think about yeah, that yeah. knowing. Bristol Park, that's all like nine five mile. Man, I don't know what I was doing, but <laughs> I was like, you feel me? Whatever was going on. That was a uh, Ulysses yeah. area. Yeah. But I got cuffed, though. I got cuffed by the FOI. It was like, hell no, we're not going for that. But I was there. And uh, just experiencing what I experienced, my parents didn't really shelter me like that. They gave me the teachings, but like you make a decision for yourself. And if we did good, a good job as parents, you're going to go off and do the right thing, right? Mm-hmm. So that was it, me having that connection, being able to talk to brothers like you. Sometimes children grow up in a church or in the mosque, and they can't really communicate with people in the community because they are holier than now. You know what I'm saying? So that, boom. Took that, those elements that came with, you know, being in the struggle, going through a lot, not having a lot of money, carrying groceries to the bus stop, seeing a whole nine, right? 
and putting that in my music. I knew I couldn't talk preaching because my friends weren't hearing it. You hear what I'm saying? So now I'm a Muslim. And the biggest thing for me was at a young age making a decision. How am I going to make music that's teaching, that's, that, that's talking about the real of what we're going through, sound good to the brother that don't want to hear nothing about the teaching? Mm -hmm. You hear what I'm saying? And that's something I was able to figure out, bro. Mm -hmm. I figured that part out. And I feel like it's just a matter of time for me to blow. But when I see the minister, the minister, he just he's not a whore, right? You can't buy him. You can't pay him nothing to compromise his principles. And what I look like going to my enemy asking them to sign me when I'm going at their necks, you hear me? Right. You done gave me a million dollars, but I'm telling the world, this man is the enemy. You know right. what I'm saying? So you I signed to no major. No, sir. Look. Not them. Not not the devil. Right. Team, not not that might scare some people. Uh, but so look, man. Hey, listen, man, when you study when you look at the definition of a devil and look at their actions. They go hand to hand. Well, you know what I'm saying? Deep. We ain't got to go deeper. Yeah. You got to get out We ain't got no yeah. time. No, we have a whole. That's a whole. <laughs> that's a whole <laughs> we just had. No, that's a whole. This is show. black history. This black is black history. Show. Class. Mm -hmm. You know what? I can't let him leave without this one thing. And a lot of people in here, I don't think y'all know. Bean pass is good. Well, oh, they fun. so good. <laughs> I want to know. Oh, they so good. <laughs> <laughs> is it a history behind me? Like, everybody, like, is it a history? Like, a backstory behind me? I'm sure it is. I can't give you the whole thing. Okay, because I know. Before we go, men of God and brothers like us, the people should be behind us, right? Yeah. That's how I feel. So I created something called the Golden Armada because I'm Golden Child. That's my Patreon, mm -hmm. right? And I just think about. A dollar and twenty-five cent a day for somebody that's doing a week for somebody that's doing the work, that ain't too much to add. Mm -hmm. So I created the Patreon to where you could sign up to the Golden Armada, spend five dollars a month, and get behind a brother like me. Mm -hmm. and if the people put their money behind people that's doing the work, I ain't gotta be signed to the enemy, I can be signed to the people. I appreciate y'all coming. Man, I appreciate you, this was a great, great segment. I love it. Oh, I love when black men we can all sit down and everybody learning something different. Everybody was coming, balls coming, coming like yeah, jazz yeah. came like I like this, and then jazz been a crash shit. Make I was interested in what you was thinking, though, brother. You had yeah, look, 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 because he wrote me a couple of them in, in, okay. in my bed, bro. We we so, don't I just let y'all do that. Make sure y'all like, subscribe, follow these guys right here. Follow me, I'm super handsome. Follow Skrill, follow Ball, and follow Jazz. Get back, little nigga, smoke, thinking that shit rap. Blew a lot of money, but I made shit back. I'm a big dog, little bitch, this facts for a nigga, no cap. Get back, little hoe, one with it, I'm trying to get back. Nigga, for fame, shit, I'm all about racks. I'm a big dog, little bitch, this facts for a nigga, no cap. Nigga, too fake, shit, I hate me, fuck nigga, fake, little nigga, no cap. 